Welcome back to The Highway with Kyle Shutt. I am Kyle Shutt, and I am so excited to announce our guest today, Mr. Sean McVeigh from the band King Buffalo, one of my favorites. We're going to talk all about their insane three-album-in-one-year plan, getting harassed by cops, hopping in a van to tour the land, getting harassed by cops. <laughs> we really let the boys in blue have it this week, y'all. As always, if you like what you hear on the program, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit that little follow tab. Anything you can do to make sure you don't miss an episode, it really helps this show out. And if you want to go one step further, you can find us at patreon.com slash the highway. Get yourself some sweet Kyle Shut merch so you can wear me home. Get yourself a virtual guitar lesson for me once a month. Help me put some beer in the fridge and really just help me keep the lights on. We also got to give a little bit of love to our sponsors, Heil Sound, because if you like the way I sound... It's because there's a Heil in front of me. I am so excited to talk about King Buffalo smearing that psychedelic peanut butter all over our faces. So let's do things my way. The Highway. Hey, Sean, what's up? Hey, how's it going, man? Not bad at all. Well, thanks so much for coming on the program, buddy. Uh, yeah, Sean McVeigh from King Buffalo, the craziest band in the world. How are you going to go and put out three records in one year? <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a real yeah. pandemic, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was, um, you know, when everything, obviously, everything stopped in March, of 2020 we were just like okay well what are we gonna do and we started jamming and then we just ended up with a bunch of stuff and so we're like i don't know i guess who knows when we'll get to tour again i guess let's try to work on it all and release a bunch of records right when like uh vinyl manufacturing like just takes a total like dive right (laughs) yeah we didn't we didn't account for that in our in all of our planning we thought we we were like oh yeah it's gonna be great we like Oh, we did not plan for that. So I don't know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully things kind of get back on track here and um, we can make this happen. Yeah, it's been wild. I, um, I I tried to make a seven inch over the pandemic and it took him six months to get me a hundred seven inches. I was just like, yeah. what is going on here? Yeah, it's um, I mean, I guess it's good for them. You know, <laughs> but, I, I remember yeah. this, uh, this one time neurosis was trying to do, a, um, a, I can't remember what record it was, but they were putting out a record and this is back when shit was just normal, you know? And, um, they needed 5,000 copies of it. And like they had already pre-sold them and it was supposed to ship out and the record was coming out on Friday. And for whatever reason, the, the vinyl plant that they were using, um, got an order from uh, like the Beatles that wanted to do like 500,000 records. They were like, we were repressing the first five. We need a hundred thousand of each, but we need them now. And the company was just like, screw you neurosis. <laughs> Forget your 5,000 records. <laughs> and so yeah. like, they literally like got screwed on that whole deal, but ugh, good. Yeah. The good and bad of record store day. I mean, that's uh-huh. kind of like the, the curse of it is, you know, all of a sudden we got to repress every Zeppelin record and we need, you know, 20,000 copies of them. So sorry, everyone else that's been, you know, been pressing vinyls consistently for, you know, however many years, but I know. I've been we trying need to, to sell Led Zeppelin to a new, to a new art, new market. I've been trying to embrace it lately. Uh, this year I went up to uh, piranha records up in round rock. Shout out. And, um, I just like surprised him. I just like 
went to the store and was like, hey, can I hang out here and sign records? <laughs> and they're like, are you serious? Fuck yeah. It was like, it was really funny watching people like wait in line all day and then like pick up the new Age of Winners uh, version that came out. And then they're like, holy shit, what are you doing up here? I was like, I don't know. Like literally just was <laughs> nine in the morning. I was like, I should go crash record store day. It'll be fun. I had a good time. Nice. But uh, yeah, now you guys can actually tour on these records. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know you've... Uh, you're gonna hit the road with Clutch uh, pretty soon. That that one's gonna fucking put you guys over the top. I just know it. Yeah, dude, I'm uh, I'm super stoked for that. Like when we when that finally got confirmed, you know, I, I'll be perfectly honest. I got maybe like a little like misty eyed, like teary eyed, because that was like that was like the band of my high school experience. Like I, you know, Elephant Riders. Me and the me and the homies would pile into in, uh, someone's SUV or van bake it out and just like cranking elephant riders yes. driving around end up in some field smoking and just like jamming a clutch like into the into the you know into the morning and so it was definitely like i don't know kind of mind-blowing super stoked i know i, I keep saying that like the first show that because the sword hasn't played in three years and I just, uh, our first show back is going to be at Psycho Vegas. And I just know, like, I'm just going to, like, for, for at least the first two or three songs, just, like, just openly weep on stage. Yeah. Just like, thank, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, dude, that's, God, I mean, Clutch is, like, not only, like, the raddest band, but just, like, the raddest dudes, too. Y'all are going to have a great time. I can't wait, dude. Yeah, and that's, uh, that'll, it'll be cool because it's actually, um, it's like our second sort of leg, I guess, of our fall tour mm-hmm. is doing that clutch stuff. So we'll get to like kind of get our legs back under us um, on our own thing, uh, have a have a little bit of time, you know, a couple weeks off, and then hit the road with clutch. It's gonna be great. Is it their like their uh, holiday run kind of like thing that they do every year? It, we're doing. Uh, it's like end of September. Oh, never mind. Into into October, I think. Oh, God. I hope I get to catch one of those shows. Oh, wait. No, I'll be on tour. I'll be out with Primus. Damn. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's a bunch of other dates that they're doing with other bands that aren't us. So um, I don't know, you know, I don't know the routing or anything like that. I hope you're ready to puff tough because those guys are <laughs> made out of weed. Sorry, I don't mean to sell them out, but I don't think it's a secret. Uh. <laughs> no. We'll see. I mean, we'll do the best I can. I, I'll yeah, be right. honest. My my uh, my chops aren't where they used to be. Oh, hey, it's it's not a contest. Yeah, <laughs> I I know exactly what you mean. Weed, weed's like fucking stronger than ever these days. I got this shit called GMO. It just like knocks my ass out. Like I can't smoke it. I'm just <laughs> like, <laughs> dude. I saw. I don't know if this is real or if this is just some bullshit around the internet, but I think it's real. I think the science makes sense. I saw a picture of something it was just like a like a rock like a big looked like a quartz rock and it was all like scientifically extracted and then hardened like thc crystal and it's just like like i don't know man i miss the days of just like a crappy bag of swag that you could just like puff on for eternity and like still like still be awake and like hang out with your friends you know like all this (laughs) Sorry, sorry like no you're right dude it's just like it's i don't know it makes me feel that makes me feel old like this shit is just like what is this like i don't need like i don't need this who wants this the triple cripple chronic you know like it's just like jurassic park like you know <laughs> just because you could doesn't mean you should uh, the first time i ever did a dab 
uh, I thought I was going to die. Like dabs weren't really like a thing then. And it was almost like there was like this um, hash oil in a jar that you like screwed into this gun thing that had a trigger on it. And so you like blowtorch the outside of the, the jar with the oil in it. So you're basically like freebasing hash oil. And um, I didn't know you had to pull the trigger on the gun to like open the carb or whatever to like release it. So I just like was just blasting it for just ever. I was like, I don't think this thing works, man. He's like, no, you got to pull the trigger. And I, I went, and I was like, and like fucking like cough my guts up. I thought I was going to die for probably like 30 minutes. That was way too, I probably I blasted like five grams at once or something. It was insane. Yeah, my first experience was not all that much different. Um, <laughs> I don't remember where we were on. We were on the road somewhere and like the promoter was putting it up, putting us up at his place after the show. And it was like, kind of like a weird, like bohemian art house, you know, like every, like there's like these girls that are just like painting on the walls, like, like a mural inside the house. And it was like one of those, like one of those houses, you know, and we're all like hanging out and like, this addition that is just on like a, uh, like must've been like, you know, 40 year old concrete slab. I just got like paint and crap all over it. And, and like there's bunk beds set up on top of it. That's like where we're going to sleep. And that's also kind of like the after party hangout room. And someone's like, Oh, you want to do a dab? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I guess, do I, <laughs> I don't know. I never done one. Like, you know, um, if you've never seen but- it before, it looks really drug. You know, yeah, like, yeah, but, it, yeah, it was not a pleasurable experience. It was very, it felt very dirty. And, um, and yeah, I fired it up and then like, like, I'm just like, oh shit. You know, like it, everything, you know, kind of like that tunnel vision thing takes over and it's like, dude, I, I start looking at the ground and it's this heinous concrete floor. And I'm like, I could sleep there. I'm like, I'm just, I think I'm going to, I start to like catch myself. Like I'm going to like lay down concrete you know get, like get comfortable and I was, like immediately i just like like i stopped for a second like wait what are you doing like no you have to go to bed right the fuck now like not not happening dude you're not about to pass out on this like concrete floor in the middle of a party no way go to bed and i just like laid there on top of the sheets like staring at the ceiling freaking out oh my god <laughs> tour baby that's the best yeah what uh what, what made you want to live this hedonistic insane lifestyle um i don't know man i i just always dig playing guitar and i don't know i don't know if i ever really made like that hard of a conscious decision besides like i went to school for like record production and i thought that's what i was gonna do like i thought like oh yeah i'll like work in a studio i won't necessarily tour you know and I did that for a few years and I worked on stuff that just was like totally like soul sucking. Like I was not, you know, we're just taking clients off the street, you know, for sure. Someone comes through they're like, Oh, I want to, it was, it was cool in the sense that I learned a lot, but it really wasn't like, it's not like what you get into making right, re- you know, into record production oh, for, yeah. you know, you know, and I was like, okay, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is really for me. And the also like the money was terrible. This is like the late aughts. So like, the home studio trend was really like in full full go by that point so no one no one wanted to pay so i was like making crap money and i was like you know what like screw this like if i'm gonna like work a job that i like don't like anyways i might like that i'm not getting fulfilled on i'm gonna do something that a pays me a little bit better but also like something i really don't give a shit about and i'll just put all my time and energy into like 
you know, a band and see where that goes. And I was, you know, been in a bunch of shitty bands, started with some pretty crappy bands that, you know, were never going to go anywhere, but just kept it a priority and stuck with a job that like I knew I was never, wasn't going to be a career. I was uh, installing appliances. I was like, yeah, you know, it was nice. nice in the sense that I was like, I never asked for time off to go on tour. It was just always like, hey, so I'm going on tour. And if I have a job when I come back, that's cool. If not, you know, we'll figure it out. Um, and they, they didn't fire me for like years. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then it just kind of it just kind of kept growing. I don't know. It was I don't know if that answered the question. No, I mean, that's that's how it gets uh, in there. I mean, because um, uh, the the reason I discovered you, I've talked about this before, but uh, on the, the Ben McLeod episode when I brought him on. But, uh, yeah, he um, he called me up and was just like, hey, man, I, I've been managing this band and they're really great. And I think they would be a great fit for y'all. I know you're going to tour a bunch, you know, lately. And that, you know, and I had been in that position, too, when I was managing American Sharks and, you know, calling up Clutch, you know, to get favors, just trying to get, you know, a band that's worth it on tour. So I, you know, I had a lot of sympathy for him and where he's coming from, but also like the sword had already been talking to like four other bands that were already going to take on these tours. And I was like, like, tell you what, man, like if, you know, they're first in line, if everything else falls through, no problem. And, uh, you know, I'd never even heard you guys at that point. I was just, you know, I trust Ben and that's just how you roll sometimes. And, uh, all four of those bands, for whatever reason, like fell through, and I called up Ben. I was like, "Your boys are up. Let's do this thing." And uh, <laughs> so that's when we met. Yeah, on the uh, first leg of the Use Future tour, that was awesome. That's funny. Yeah, that's cool. How that works. Yeah, it's, I kind of even forgot that there was a short time where Ben was our in finger quotes manager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I totally forgot that that had happened. Um, and that's that's. Uh, I mean, what was that, like four years ago, I Something think, at this like point? That. Yeah. Four or five years ago, I think. Yeah, wow. Wild. Good times. Yeah, yeah. Had you uh, done much touring with King Buffalo before that? Yeah. Uh, we, we've we been touring since 2013. Mm. Um, I mean, we formed to go on tour. Like, Scott's old band had broken up, and they had just pressed a bunch of records, so he wanted to get the records out of his apartment. And so he's like, "Hey, Dan and Sean, or uh, Dan and Sean, you guys want to like learn the songs and fill in, and we'll just do a we'll do a tour, and I can try to get rid of some of these records." And we're like, "Sure." Um, we didn't really learn much of the songs. We ended up just kind of jamming, <laughs> uh, and then wrote our, wrote wrote a couple songs, recorded them, and made a demo, and then argued about band names for a while, and then we did this tour where we were supposedly on the, you know, we'd show up and on the sign on the poster it would say velvet Elvis, but we were like, Oh yeah, we're, but we're King Buffalo. And, um, that first tour was actually with all them, witches. Nice. um, yeah, it was wild. It was, they had just released lightning at the door, but to not, you know, to not to like a ton of acclaim, you know, like these shows, like no one was at these shows, this <laughs> pretty much like the whole tour. Yeah. They had told um, us that whenever, the sword took them out that that was kind of like the biggest tour they had done at that point. Like where they're playing to, you know, 500 people a night instead of like 50 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy because they blew up after that. Yeah. I mean, they made that, that even so like that record, they didn't even have vinyl. They just pressed it up on CD. Um, and like it was shortly after that for that, our first tour. And it was obviously was not their first tour. Um, then I think they got picked up by new West and things started to, 
to really kind of like take off and, and blow up for them. But yeah, we all piled both bands. We, uh, our van had broke down right before we were supposed to leave for tour. So I begged and borrowed my uncle's RV and wow. both, both bands piled into the RV. Damn. And it was like, <laughs> it was super fun, man. We, we definitely fucked that RV up though. <laughs> uh, like, like trying to drive this big ass RV with a, a comically small trailer on the back of it, but this big RV through like old streets in New Orleans. Jesus, how um, big was, was it? Like, like a thirty footer or like? I think it was about a thirty footer. It wasn't like it wasn't like a tour bus or anything. Uh-huh. Like we're not one of those like big ones. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was like I think the engine was like a like. 450 like the e450s or something like that but it was still big enough it was you know the biggest vehicle i had driven at that point Mm -hmm. and you know dumb shit like scraping signs and like ripping the awning (laughs) off and like (laughs) you know like like that that sort of stuff but it was super fun man like i said that was my first that was my first like finger quotes real tour yeah longer longer than like four days and um i don't know that's kind of like when we got the bug and how bummed was your uncle when you got back? He didn't care at all, man. He was so cool, <laughs> honestly. Like, because like I, I, uh, I was a little apprehensive about taking it, and he's like, you know, honestly, I don't really care. You just better come back with some cool stories. Um, and I was like, all right. Nice. And then I like, you know, he, it was all pretty much like minor cosmetic stuff that could be fixed, and I offered to pay for it. And he was like, no, seriously, don't worry about it. I'm just glad that, like, you got to enjoy it, you know, and got to do this cool thing. So, yeah, it was great. Yeah, that's rad. <laughs> Velvet Elvis, huh? That's, that's that's a good band name. But King Buffalo, I, I can see why you would want to change it if you're not the dudes in the band anymore. But, uh, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, they, they had already released a couple records, and we didn't, you know, I, it would have, yeah, yeah. Nah, that would have been awkward. And, like, we're friends. I'm friends with all the the people from Velvet Elvis and like, I don't know, it'd be awkward. It'd be awkward to be piggybacking on their name. Right. Is there ever a, cause I know y'all are from Rochester, which isn't far from Buffalo at all. Do you ever get any weird people? They're like, why'd you name like, you know, like, we like used city to, rivalry or some shit. You know? We used to all the time. We used to get like, we're not even from Buffalo <laughs> or like, or people just assume we are from Buffalo and we're like, yeah, we didn't think this through, man. You know, like, we didn't really we needed a name quick like we like i said we formed and we're on the road within like six weeks um so it was like need a fucking name quick and so we didn't really think it through and i don't know now we don't really get that sort of thing anymore um but band names man (laughs) new york people take that shit seriously man uh uh, are you still in the uh the white van with the bunks in it and shit um yeah yeah the the Ford the Transit yeah yeah I was gonna say that's like for up and coming bands like um that's the way to do it like just instead of getting the the what do you call it the band to go busting or like, tour buses out of the question these days or just a van and hotels and this and that you know all the all, all that expense um yeah just get a Transit put some bunks in there and just live in that thing that's what uh, what Royal Thunder did uh that's what y'all did I mean that's just that's how you have to roll these days if you want to make it. Dude, I, I, honestly, I prefer it too. Like we've done tours, you know, when we t- when we go to Europe, obviously we don't have our van, um, but we've done tours in like the Vario sleeper vans, and that that was nice. But we've also done tours with just the Sprinter and like hotels, mm-hmm. and and I think it's I like having like one bed every, you know, like there's something to be said for that. Like 
when we've done tours where it's like, oh, you get a hotel room every night. Like, I don't know. It's not, you don't quite get the same level of sleep. It's nice to kind of have like a little, even though it's just a little cubby, it's just a little bunk. That's like, this is my home for the next month, you know, (laughs) as opposed to like checking into a hotel at two in the morning, sleeping, getting up, showering, running out the door by, you know, eight, 10 or 11 or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's nice to, I like having the sleeping in the van. It's it can get a little hairy, like with weather here and there, but like, you can, you know, at that case, we'll just get a hotel. And if it's going to be like zero degrees, we'll, we'll get a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Royal Thunder got popped in Canada because like, like this cop pulled him over and then like looked in their van and was like, there's no seatbelts anywhere. There's no, there's no, like you, you can't be rolling down the highway in this thing. This is ridiculous. And he like made them like wait in like the, the, whatever, like gas station while somebody else came to pick them up this is like in a foreign country too you're like what are you doing like the cop is hassling you in a foreign country <laughs> and like and he won't let you leave and because he would only let like two people sit in front and drive the van away so he like the cop waited until somebody else came and got him and then like even followed him down the highway for a little bit to make sure like nobody got back in the van so they had to like get the promoter to, like give him a ride to like london ontario and then they just then finally the cop left and they're like all right get back in the van <laughs> that is outrageous like we've i don't know we've been pulled over a bunch and never had anything like that and i don't know that that like pisses me off to be to be honest like <laughs> you know i don't know we we have we have I mean, I guess I don't know how much of this I should be divulging. We have, we do have two captain's chairs in the back, um, but you know they don't have seatbelts. But I guess maybe <laughs> like if they see the captain's chairs, they they're like you know they're like uh, they don't they don't really look for the actual seatbelts at that point. Man, we uh, had this weird fucking thing happen to us one time. We got pulled over. Uh, this was in northern Mississippi, like outside of Memphis. I mean, this is like well over a uh, hundred miles away from any sort of international border, which is the only place that border patrol has jurisdiction is within a hundred miles of a, uh, an international border and uh border patrol pulled us over. We're like, what the fuck is this? You know? And, uh, like seriously had no jurisdiction. I don't know. I, I'm not even sure if it was a real cop, but a uh, dude came to the window and was like, yeah, we saw y'all swerving back there. And like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like we were not swerving at all. You know, this guy was clearly just sweating us cause we were in a van with a trailer and he's like, how many people you got in there? We're like seven. He's like, you can see the fear in his face. He's like seven people. Uh, all right, y'all be safe. And just got in his car and just drove off. Didn't say it was the weirdest fucking experience I've ever had getting pulled over. And I'm convinced that was not a real cop. <laughs> yeah. What's going on crazy. in Mississippi? But woo, yeah, yeah. that's wild, man. Yeah. You ever actually like, uh, gotten thrown in the back of the cop car and like getting gotten hauled off on any of the, uh, the stops? Or no? Uh, well, okay. Um, I've gotten pulled into the back before. Um, we never, nothing happened. Honestly, this guy just wanted to talk to somebody. It like was the weirdest thing. I think it, it was in like <laughs> a, Alabama or something. And like he pulled us over, and you know came and talked to us for. I think uh, we had like we had an issue with one of the lights on the trailer was acting up or something. It was it was just was bizarre. Pulls us over. I'm driving. He's like, all right, I got to run some paperwork. Um, do you mind actually stepping out of the vehicle? And I was like, oh, okay, shit. I get out of the vehicle. Um, I'm like, oh, crap. Uh, you know, I, I left my I left my wallet in the console there. I'm just going to reach in and grab it. You know, I'm 
thinking I'm about to get like blasted. I didn't want to like right. reach back in super fast. Whatever, it works out fine. He's like, "Oh yeah, uh, come come get in the car, please." I was like, "Okay," and puts me in the back seat. And then he just starts talking to me. He's just like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, man. So so y'all a band like from New York? Like yeah, yeah." He's like, "Oh cool, man. You know, I once pulled over this van, this big old van, and it was turned out it was Weezer." And he's just like telling me, he's like, yeah, man, I pulled him over. And like, we, they were like the coolest guys. We just like shat the shit for like 45 minutes. And I'm just like, dude, you ruined their day so bad. Like, like, I know you think you just like made friends, but they're just being nice. Like no one ever, even if they're doing nothing illegal, wants to be like detained by police officers (laughs) for 45 minutes just to talk. Like, what the hell, dude? Like, it's like the root. <laughs> it's like emotional terrorism. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, that's crazy. Um, so nothing happened with that. Like, he ended up, he's like, okay, here's your license. Everything checks out. Just get take a, get that trailer lot looked at, and you'll be all right. I was like, okay. I mean, thank you for being nice, but, like, right. dude, like, not okay. <laughs> you know, like, go, I don't know, join, go to a karaoke bar. I, I don't know, dude. Like, get a join a reading a book club or something like get some social interaction in your life. But, um, and then the worst was we got pinched, um, in Norway crossing the border, uh, which we had all had the conversation. We were touring with another band who I will not name for this instance, just out of, (laughs) out of discretion for them. We all went over it. We're like, okay, like, make sure you get rid of everything. Like, get every. This was one of those situations in one of those big sleeper vans. We all had bunks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, yep, yep. We all, everyone got rid of everything. Uh, they, you know, check us out at the border. They bring on the cocker spaniel, uh, drug dog, which is what they use in Norway. And the dude didn't get rid of his grass. Uh, he, he left. That's a big uh, deal up there. Yeah. Well, cr- not not in the country, but crossing the border. Um, so like he had a nugget that he had stashed under his mattress. Uh, so they found that and then they found, well, first what happened. So one of the dudes had a pouch of tobacco that apparently he like rolled a joint over at some point and like some shake fell into the bag of tobacco. Mm -hmm. So, then as he was walking out, the dog clocked him with his pouch of tobacco. So they were already like on high alert. So they took that and then they searched the bunks. And that's when they found that last nugget. And they pulled us all into the, you know, into the police quarters, whatever the border patrol, we all had to get strip searched. Apparently, I don't know. They made me do this. They made me like, I had to get like, naked and squat down um to make sure i wasn't hiding anything in my hairy butt cheeks um and yeah that sucked big time and it turns out so they wrote the one dude up for his pouch of tobacco they they clocked it as the whole bag was grass even though it was just some shake Good god um so he had a massive fine and then the other dude uh got busted for his his like little nugget but they weren't going to let any of us in the country and we were like freaking out. We were on our, you know, obviously on our way to a gig and we were like, I don't know what, what we're going to do. Like, yeah. uh, not stoked. Like neither of those two people were in King Buffalo that got pinched. So we were a little bit like unpleased uh, or displeased <laughs> with the situation. Like, fuck man, like we're going to miss this gig because of this, this guy. Um, the one guy I feel like was a honest mistake, you know, like, 
little shake gets in your pouch of tobacco, you're not really thinking yeah. you're about to like, you're not an international criminal, you know? Um, yeah. And so we like had to like beg and they finally let everyone else go, but those two, um, so we, we left and went to the venue and then the promoter had to go back and this was like a two hour drive. Oh my God. Um, I think it was Oslo was where the show is. I think it was like an hour or two drive from the border, um, where we were crossing or whatever. He had to go back. He had to go pick them up. And like, so we sound checked like Scott. Well, I guess I might be giving stuff away. Scott sound checked the drums for the other band for them. And like, we had to like fill in to sound check stuff. And the guys showed up like, five minutes before they were supposed to play. They finally got like released from the jail and were able to play the gig. It's rock and roll, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, They don't fucking play over there with that shit, man. It's like, come on. No, I mean, I guess, you know, I guess I kind of get it. Like it's just crossing the border. Like it's the same thing here. If you try to cross going into Canada with stuff, you're you're in deep shit even though you can like go to a dispensary and buy it in canada we have gotten hassled so many times it's unreal yeah i think now now too that like um it's it's essentially legalized in new york now like there's no dispensaries but i'm pretty like you can like you can smoke weed on the streets now from what i've gathered um but now, especially with like the prevalence of CBD, like now they're even like more strict with it than they were before. They're like, Sick. you know, you can't bring it. You know, you can't bring it in, right? Either either way, like b- both directions. Like you know, you can't bring it, right? Like, like yeah, yeah that includes CBD. <laughs> yeah, like dude, why would I try to cross the border with this shit? You know what I mean? Like I'm going. Like either direction I go, I'm gonna be able to get anything yeah. I would want. So it's fine. Like, but they're super anal about it now. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean to just trash cops for uh, <laughs> 30 minutes, but <laughs> I mean, it's a big part of going on tour. Big yeah, part of going yeah. on tour. Oh my god! But um, yeah, man, that's that's, that's the life. Uh, it's it's so funny, like how um, it, it just used to be illegal, fucking everywhere. You know, whenever we would first start touring, and now, uh, yeah, now like half the states, you can just like walk in a store and fucking buy it. It's it's, it's such like not a um, like you're not a bad boy anymore. If you smoke weed, you know, it's, no. it's almost like nerd, like, oh, look at these stoners. Great. <laughs> no, it's weird. And, and like I said, I don't know. I think like the, like you're, it's scarier now, even like, like driving around. Cause like, I don't know, man, when we get pulled over in certain States, mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, you, we see you're from New York. Where'd you, how far West did you go? Uh-huh. And it's like, uh, well, we went out as far as Texas you didn't get to California, <laughs> you know, like, like they're just like, they're fishing. Like if we said we, we went to California, everyone out of the, they're like everyone out, Yeah, you know, like we're, we're searching. Um, so I don't know. It's weird where like, I don't know if it used to be that. I don't think it, it wasn't that way before it was as legal everywhere from my experience. Totally. Yeah. I mean, even in, in Texas, like uh, in certain counties or whatever, it's been decriminalized. And then the, like, the the city or whatever like will vote that it's decriminalized, but then the sheriff will like put out a press release saying like, just because they say it's decriminalized, you better believe you're going to jail if you get caught with it. I'm just like, y- y'all don't even care about the law anymore. Like y'all just yeah. brainwash <laughs> fucking goons. You know, like what the fuck? I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, we won't catch you in the city, but as soon as you step out in the sheriff jurisdiction, yeah. your ass is grass. Fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah. 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 weed. 
Yep. Let's talk about guitars. Cool. <laughs> Instead, that gets me. <laughs> One thing I love to do after I smoke weed is play guitar. What uh yeah, what made you want to pick up a guitar? Was there any like moment where you like saw some shit on MTV or like just you know? I was always into guitar. Like I just like I was always like I like to I like noise. I like making noise a lot. So mm-hmm. you know, I when I was real young, as pots and pans. When I got a little older. I think when I got into like second or third grade, my mom got me one of those awful little Casio keyboard things. And like, I had a blast just like making obnoxious noises on that thing. I remember I found the, the patch called metal guitar and I thought it was like the coolest. It was like the worst sound ever. It's like, da, 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 you know, like, um, and then of course I started, you know, I got into listening to, you know, a lot of guitar based bands, you know, obviously all the classic rock stuff and mm-hmm. all the, the big bands in the nineties. And then, um, my uncle actually, that same uncle who lent me the RV, he had a guitar and I had knew nothing about how to play it, but I, whenever we'd go over there, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd want to pick it up and just like strum. It. I just, I don't know. I was fascinated by it. I was like, I want to make noise on that thing. Um, and then, so by the time when I was, I kind of did that for a while and then didn't really think much, much of it. And when I was 15 for Christmas, my mom got me one of those, uh, Ibanez like beginner packs, you know, the thing, the thing that's like, is the red, I think it's a GAX 70 with like the matching practice amp. And, um, I didn't ask for it or anything. She just like, I, she knew I was into noise and into music and into rock music in particular. She's like, I bet this is something he'd be interested in. Um, and I remember opening it up and it was like, I was so stoked. I don't know. I it like kind of changed my life. And when I found the overdrive button on that amp, like that shitty practice amp, I found the distortion button and turned it on for the first time. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm just sound just like Hendrix. Or, you know, like, I thought I was, I was like wanking all over it and just like everything's maxed out. I was like, this is the coolest thing. And then I, you know, went from like wanting to like skateboard and play video games all the time to like, I just want to play guitar all the time. And then I just get home from school and then I'd be in my room in the basement just playing guitar until dinner time every day. Love it. That's the only way to get better. <laughs> it's just yeah for sure live with it just like stay attached to it for like five or six years yeah and i would just like play along to you know black sabbath records and metallica records and uh system of a down and rage against the machine i would just sit in my basement like trying to shred it was it was great and then i uh, started playing with some friends like not long after that it was super fun that's awesome like was it a thing where like like they already had instruments and stuff or did you all like kind of decide to like start a band together? Uh, actually. So, um, I was in driver's ed and I, I, I made friends with like one of the dudes in my, in my driver's ed class, um, who like was cl- clearly like a fellow, like weirdo metalhead, like rock and roll dude. And he's like, Hey man, I have a band. You want to be in my band? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Like I've never been in a band. I've only been playing guitar for like six months. I don't know. He's like, no, it's fine. Be in my band. And I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, and I showed up and I was my first band. We were called Sprout and we were awful. <laughs> what, what kind of music was it? Oh, like I think we, we covered some system of a down. 
it was like bad new metal stuff. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like the, the guy who was the singer, who was the, my friend that I befriended in, uh, um, high school, his name is Brendan, who is still cool. Like we're, we're still kind of buds. I just don't see him as much as I would, as I would like, but he, uh, he was a guitar player, but he was going to sing in this band and like, I don't know. I don't want to like poop on him, but he was definitely tone deaf mm, as yeah. far as singing goes. So we were we were a bad band. His girlfriend was our drummer, and our bass player was a mutual friend of theirs. It was an interesting situation. Of course, the bass player ended up stealing the drummer girlfriend away from the singer. It was you know one of those high school situations. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's awesome. Yeah, my, my yeah. first band was called Zero. Uh, nice. This was before uh, before Smashing Pumpkins dropped their single Zero. So then once they did that, we we're like, ah, crap, we gotta change our name. So uh, <laughs> we changed it to, to Shiva, S H I V A. Huh. Yeah, we were awful. We just played like Weezer covers and uh, Smashing Pumpkins covers, ironically enough. And um, yeah, it was it was so bad. We had kind of a similar situation. Our singer was just should not have been <laughs> singing <laughs> anything. For any reason, but uh, hey, you know you got to do what you can do. We also played a, a really horrible rendition of Wipeout, where like I don't think we had really like understood what you know playing in the same key meant. So I, oh, I, was, I was playing you know what I thought was right, and the bass player was playing what he thought was right. And I I remember going back and listening to like the tape that somebody had recorded of it, and I was like, oh my god, this is so, <laughs> so unbelievably bad. I can't believe it. But you know, we thought we were gods. Yeah, you know man. I mean? I mean, I think that's like. <laughs> I think that's like the the coolest, like you know, most important thing is like you should be in some really awful bands with your friends when you're a young musician. You know, that's like step number one. I don't trust anybody that's never been in a bad band. <laughs> I think that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, it's just like I don't know. It's fun. You know, even even if even if you just do it for like while you're in high school and then never play music again, that's still like a good way to to waste your adolescence, you know. Absolutely, it keeps you off the streets. I don't know. It got. It's funny. Like, um, I don't know if I ever would have smoked weed or anything like that. Gotten because most people say like, oh, you know, it keeps you out of trouble. You start a band or whatever like that. I was like, I don't know. That's how I started to get into trouble, man. We just <laughs> it's like this rock and roll, baby. You know, I fucking love the uh, yeah that element of just like no rules. And you just do what you want, leave your whole life behind. I just love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I don't know, like, there's definitely, like, it's it's so funny. Like like you said, you, you, you felt like you were gods. Like, when you're playing that song, so, so, excuse me, that song, and everyone's out of tune, everyone's hitting wrong notes, the, you know, the drummer is, like, all over the place with the tempo, but you still feel like you are like Zeppelin in their prime. You know, like, <laughs> you're like, you hit that, you do that windmill, and you're just like, Fuck yeah. <laughs> well, damn, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on, dude. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to hear the other two records. I love your new record. Um, I guess it's been out for a little bit now, but um, it's just y'all are really like honing in your sound. Like the, the way you like re recorded your vocals on this one, too, was like super like like a little bit overdriven and gritty and shit like that. I, I fucking love it, man. Would you mind if I played a track off of it? No, go to town. What's a, what is it? A, a, Habitation. What? What? Well, there's there's a couple on there that are really good. I'm gonna pick. Unless you have a favorite, we can play anything you want. Uh, honestly, I think my favorite. I would say play either uh, 
Silverfish or Grifter? Grifter, I'm, I'm actually pretty stoked on that. Let's, that let's, one came out really cool. Let's play Grifter. Sean McVeigh, King Buffalo, everybody. One of my favorites. And uh, I cannot wait to see y'all again. I know I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but um, just like you know, uh, Ben got y'all on tour uh, with us as, as a favor, y'all definitely returned the favor um, with me and uh, <clears throat> some friends of mine that y'all are going to be taking out pretty soon. So, uh, yeah, this spring, I'm really excited to... Uh, see how that goes and uh, i'm definitely gonna make sure i catch the austin show and um love you guys i'm really yeah really, man love really you proud of you love you too man thanks a lot and yeah that uh that thing that we can't quite talk about yet should be really awesome i cannot wait
Thanks so much for tuning into the highway this week. A big shout out to Reverend Guitars, Railhammer Pickups, and Earthquaker Devices. If you liked what you heard, you can follow where you can follow, subscribe where you can subscribe, and if you want to go one step further, you can support us on Patreon at The Highway with Kyle Shutt. For a few bucks a month, you can help us keep this party going, get early access to next week's episode, and even get yourself a shout out.